Hey man, welcome back to second episode of Special Financing. This is your host, D the Car Plug Tomlinson. Um, going through my emails after the first episode, and I see that I had a couple of people inquire about repossessions. So the ugly word repos. Um, real quick, because two of the emails were about um, receiving. Yes, they already got repoed, and they were receiving the uh, letter from the financial institution, letting them know that the car was going to be auctioned off uh, to sell. What that means for you as a consumer is, um, let's say you owed four thousand on your vehicle, and now they sent you a letter letting you know that it's going to be sold at an auction. The vehicle gets sold at the auction, let's say for twenty five hundred. Now you as the consumer technically only owes fifteen hundred. Now us as black folks, we don't have the vehicle. Uh, the vehicle stops working on us. Um, whether or not we're in the financial position to get the vehicle back running determines whether or not we keep the vehicle. Um, and that's where a lot of us mess up our credit at. That's where a lot of us end up in this uh, subprime special financing category. Um, it's because, unfortunately, you're going to pay for you not keeping your word. You, know, you may think, oh, there's plenty of uh, buy here, pay here, second chance financing dealerships uh, where you live at. Again, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. There's tons of them everywhere. Um, so people are quick to throw the keys back at a dealership. Or, you know, say fuck you to the uh, financial institution that provided the money. Um, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of education on the, on the repossessions and kind of how they work and how they affect you. Um, you buy a vehicle. Like I said, we'll, we'll use the example I used earlier. Um lady gets a letter or you get a letter you owe four thousand they repo the car because you're out of work or whatever the case may be they let you know that the vehicle is being sold at an auction you get another letter letting them know that hey congratulations your car has been sold for 2500 leaving a balance of 1500 dollars that technically you still owe now somebody else is driving the car somebody else is going to get the title to the car if they bought it from the auction most of the time we're sitting there upset that we've uh, had our car repoed and now these people quote unquote the man wants us to pay on a car that I no longer have technically once you sign that contract that is exactly what you agreed to do and I just need you to know that when you sign a contract that's that's what you sign up for um, in the credit world uh, as decision makers in the auto industry there is no difference between a voluntary and an involuntary repossession um, I don't know when they started making the distinction between the two but trust me it's just to make you the consumer feel a little bit better about yourself about not keeping your word and returning your vehicle the only thing that you would have saved uh, technically by returning the vehicle is uh, repossession fees that won't be added on um, 
and hopefully you you bringing the car back in a decent condition where they don't have to detail it, get it cleaned or anything of that nature. Because a lot of places just have a flat fee for that that is more expensive than anybody I've met that details vehicles. <laughs> so you, you just want to, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's um, if you have to go that route. Again, I'm a big... I'm a big advocate for buying cash just because these vehicles, again, lose value as soon as you pull off the lot in them. So, again, um, I'm always going to tell you if you can, if you're in that position, if you don't have to be seen in the newest new, new vehicle with the latest gadgets and features, man, buy used. It's better value for your dollar, um, you know. No need, uh, you know, I drive around the city. I'm seeing folks in Maseratis and Bentleys that live in apartments. You know, you go through the projects, you see some pretty nice cars. Or the neighborhoods where the projects used to be at, you know, our neighborhoods. You still see some some pretty nice cars in some shady areas. Um, and then when I drive out to... Sandy Springs looking for vehicles you know I'm pulling up on 45 50 50 plus year old white people with Honda Accords uh, what did I just pick up the other week Mazda 3's point A to point B vehicles because they have the 200 300 400 half a million dollar house you know with reliable transportation to make sure they can get back and forth to that good job or that good business that they run or whatever the case may be. Whereas um, a certain segment of us, um, maybe because we grew up without anything, uh, feel the need to, you know, when we make it, um, just overstep our boundaries of what we need. And a lot of times, especially with vehicles, that gets us caught up. Because now you're financing, you know, you got the car note, depending on your credit and your interest rate. Or if you went to a buy here, pay here with a 20-something percent interest rate. You know, your car note is what it is. Term of the loan. Um, And when I was a decision maker sitting in the office, I mean, how I would look at it is the dealership I worked at, we did two and a half year loans. We were trying to get you in and out the vehicle as soon as possible, give you the title. Damn, we even gave you the title if you referred customers back to us. Uh, I believe you sent us somewhere between 8 to 10 customers. We would give you the title to the car. Um, For the people out there that really hustled and really was moving the shakers in the city, uh, quite a few people got their title from me um, while I was running that program at that dealership. Uh, But not to lose track, you know, when you go to another dealership, and let's just say, um, because they are one of the biggest buy here, pay here's here in the Georgia, Atlanta metro area, let's say you bought a car from U.S. Auto Sales. Um, let's say your car note was, I believe they do four year terms. Um, so let's say that your car note is $450 a month nice vehicle that you like or whatever the case may be you know so now you have a repossession from them you've had the car 
We'll just say you've had it for a little bit of time. You've had the car for a year. Um, and now the car has started to give you uh, some issues. So now you're calling around the dealerships. And again, you call my number, you know, get in contact with the car plug directly, 404-578-3800. I ask for everybody that calls my line to be upfront and honest because I have a dealership that will work with any and every possible situation. You know, wasn't a, a self-moniker, the car plug, you know. People would throw deals at me that they couldn't get done. And I'll be calling them like, yo, I got a check for you. Come pull up on me. Your customer wants to thank you for referring them to me. You know, et cetera, et cetera. So you have a repossession with this company now. Um, and you're calling around and you, you land at a dealership. And now you're inside there speaking. And the first thing you want to do is, well, you know, they sold me a lemon. And that's why I don't have that vehicle. I'm not paying for a car that doesn't work. You know, the the famous line, I'll pay for what I want. Okay. So now we pull your credit. Because if they ask you to put your social security number on the application, it's to pull your credit. You know, a lot of places, buy here, pay here, no credit check places. Um, a lot of times, no credit check means... We're not going to hold what we see on your credit against you as to you being approved or not. But I would be a fool in business not to get as much information as I can before I made a decision on who I was going to loan anywhere from $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 or more to somebody. So keep that in mind. You know? So now they pull your credit and now you have a... uh, Recent repossession from, like I said, we'll use U.S. Auto Sales because they're pretty big down here in Atlanta. So now you have a recent repo through U.S. Auto Sales, and you're explaining that to the sales rep and the finance manager or the sales manager, depending on what type size dealership you're in. Uh, and now they're inquiring, well, what what happened with the vehicle? Uh, check engine light came on, started shaking. I kept driving it, kept driving it, putting gas in the car, got an oil change. Two months later, after the check engine light came on, the car finally gave out. Okay, now with that owner, with that finance manager, maybe not the salesperson, because the salesperson is on your side. Salesperson needs to sell you a car so they can make a commission. So please believe you could, you could and you should in all situations be upfront and honest with your salesperson. Even if you feel you need to take them outside and let them know what's going on or have that phone conversation or text message conversation before you come to the lot. You know, I encourage every customer, every client that I speak with, just be brutally upfront and honest with me. Now, that made me take me from 10 dealerships that I could refer you to to now we're down to two. But again... Point is not to spin your wheel or waste your time at dealerships that at the end of the day are going to tell you no or tell you to bring somebody or bring extra money or bring, you know, you don't go there to sit three hours and not leave with a vehicle. You understand? You know, so if I knew everything that I needed up front, 
you told me I got you, then we good. What I try not to do with my clients, because, you know, I have somebody call me today, and they want to buy in a month, and then they want to ask me questions about cars, and I'm like, you have any repossessions on your credit? Oh, I do. What happened to that vehicle? Oh, it quit working. What happened to it? I'm expecting to hear engine blown. Uh, you know, a lot of times they're minor repairs that we just, because we don't take care of them when they first pop up. Oh, it's not really fucking with the way the car is driving or that noise I'm good with, that little bit of pulling. You know, I know how to keep the steering wheel more to the left or the right to keep the car straight. And, and we kind of, lack of a better word, nigga rig shit. And then when it finally messes up, all of a sudden the company sold us a lemon and now we don't want to pay and all this, that, and the third. And then you wonder why when you go to the next place, well, I was in 2015 at U.S. Auto Sales. Why are you trying to show me a 2012? Well, I need your payments to be a little bit less than what you were paying at U.S. Auto Sales because for whatever reason, you were unable to maintain the vehicle at that car note. You know, and you haggling back and forth with the sales rep or the manager or the owner. Oh, no, no, no. The car started messing up. Well, when you signed the contract, you know, nowhere in there that said the car was going to be perfect. Again, more than likely you're buying a used vehicle to start. You know, I would definitely advise you to take a mechanic, check out the vehicle, Check out some YouTube videos. Learn how to inspect a vehicle on yourself if you're not uh, comfortable with a mechanic or if you don't have a relationship with a mechanic or funds are limited to where you can't afford to take it somewhere outside of the dealership to get the car checked at. Uh, jump on YouTube, man. Do it yourself. Kind of watch a couple of different uh, videos on how to inspect used cars um, and come up with your own repertoire on how you check the vehicles out to the point where you feel comfortable purchasing a vehicle now i tell everybody engine transmission strong everything else is cosmetic now you don't want no rip seats no multicolored car obviously but i mean for the most part engine and transmission is what you're going to be concerned about is the car able to start up and go and get you where you're going a paint job eventually you can get done uh, dense shit out here. Me go home is to pull up on your own Buford Highway and, and offer to do the job right there on the spot for you for a good price. So the minor stuff you could you could get around. The point I'm trying to make is, and the second lot you go to or the next finance company, whoever you're asking to give you a loan to borrow money gotta make them feel comfortable with the repossession again when I was a decision maker in the office I've had customers oh I gave the car back there's no difference there's no you know say voluntary or involuntary but there's, there's no difference the point is you did not fulfill the contract you didn't fulfill your obligations the word that you gave to XYZ finance company you didn't keep why would ABC Finance Company feel like they're more special than XYZ? So you put a thousand dollars down the first time, and now when you're coming to buy a car, even though it's an older vehicle, probably has more miles, 
Um, if they're looking out for your best intentions, it's going to be cheaper than the previous vehicle that you got repossessed. Uh, just to, again, reassuring to make sure that your payments now are somewhere a little bit more comfortable. 450 and repairs wasn't really in your budget. Um, me, I would try to get you under the 400 mark. If there's any way, hey, I may need a little bit more money down. We may do a pickup payment. Uh, stretch out when your first payment is to give you time to bring back a little bit more money. Again, because the more money you pay up front goes directly to you, it's going to lower what your bi-weekly or monthly payments are. So, you know, don't thank your salesmen. People are just working you just to work you. Um, though it may assist them in getting a better commission. Um, the real deal is it's it's working out for your deal. It's working out for your benefit. So I always tell people, you, you're going to pay for it either way because you can give me the minimum down payment and then your monthly payments go up. Or you can give me the bag you really have up front, get the payments as low as they possibly can to something that you know you can comfortably cover regardless what goes on in life. Unfortunately, 2020, COVID-19, there's going to be a lot of repossessions um, going on just because people are falling out of work, uh, starting to get unemployment. Shit, in a lot of cases, uh, earlier in the year, the unemployment was more than what people take home or what they would be making at their regular jobs. But then finance companies started saying, no, we're not financing people that's strictly on unemployment. So then you had a wave of people that lost the car, even though money was coming in. And in a lot of cases, more money than what was brought in from their job. But unemployment is just not stable, especially when the country is going through a pandemic. And we're going through a crisis. And now it's so many millions of people filing for unemployment. You know, so as repossessions go up, people's credit is going down. And now there's a lot more people looking for secondary financing. It's a lot of people running around looking for special financing. Um, Majority have probably been in this position before but you have a lot of people who just got pinched so now places have to be a little bit more particular in how they're financing people you know one of the last deals um, I did uh, while working at this dealership as the manager um, I had two customers came in. Matter of fact, they came in together. Uh, I believe they rolled in together. Um, and one, you know, we had been talking to, so we knew they was going to fill out an app. The girlfriend or the sister, whoever the female was that they brought, just kind of walked around, looked at the inventory, and decided, hey, I'm up here too. Let's knock out two birds with one stone, see if I can get approved. So we had the sales rep deal with uh, the customer that we knew was coming. And then as the female acquaintance uh, decided that she wanted to fill out an app and kind of see how this thing could go. 
And then, uh, you know, I told her, hey, I'm not busy real quick. Come in here, fill out an app. Send me over your steps or your paperwork to my direct email. Let me print them out. You know, while they're filling out the app, you know, a lot of places are going to ask you a couple little questions. Again, just to kind of see where where you're at. You know, hey, what happened with this? How long you been at your job? I mean, everything is pulling questions. So, again, it can help us make a better decision on where we're at. Good things happen to bad people sometimes. And if that vibe is given off, the story that you're telling me makes sense. It's matching up with your black and white. I'm looking at your bank statements. I'm seeing where your business started off uh, making twelve hundred a month three months ago. Second month it made two thousand. Third month it made three thousand. You know, so over a ninety day period you're over sixty five hundred dollars. So your income roughly, you know, you're a little bit over two grand a month. I can roll with that and put you in something decent. Plus I'm looking at your trending that your business has been picking up every you know, you come in here, she comes in here with a uh, a decent down payment. I think she um, says she could do like 15. And, you know, the next question, you know, is again, it's not to, it's not to harass you guys or to hassle you guys, but it's always, you know, up to how much. And the reason is we always have, uh, you know, like being hungry and your eyes are bigger than your stomach. You know, we always want what the money won't allow us to get. Toys ask customers. Now, if you found a car of your dreams, could you come up with more than the amount that you do at me? 75% of the time, they say yes. Okay. So, what's the max amount? And, again, the reason for this is, is you know, if you tell me you got 1500 I'm going to show you cars I could do for 1500 But I see your eyes wandering at the cars that's twenty five and three grand down. So let's not waste an hour and a half of me trying to convince you to get into a $1,500 car if you really got your eyes set on a $25,000 to $3,000 car. I can do it. We just need the money. You know, and the reason why I would say, hey, you know, I got to put so much money down. I can do it with fifteen. dollars What would my payments be? Your payments would be more than what they were on the previous vehicle that you had that got repossessed. And the last thing I want to do is set you up for failure. You know, repossessions will come and haunt you. Um, you know, uh, definitely through a bank, because a lot of time now they're going to want to co-sign or they're just not going to want to deal with you at all. When you go to buy here, pay here places, and they see repossessions, at least while I was there, uh, me and my crew, we knew it was time to crack up the money. We was going to walk out there with a good commission. I love to see multiple repos. Because I knew there was nobody else in the city that was crazy to roll with somebody that got three or four repossessions on their credit already. Realistically, Ma, you just don't like paying for cars. You need them in Atlanta, but you don't like paying for them. You know, so I always tell people, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Be realistic about your situation. Have this stuff mapped out before you come. Goes back to last episode where I told you don't bring the extra people to the lot. Again, if they're not going to be part of the financial uh, burden of, of helping you take care of this vehicle. 
you know, it's cool to have friends and, you know, you don't want nobody talking you into something. I kind of get that. But we're at that point where we need a vehicle. You have money. Again, coming with a crew of five friends to buy a vehicle for you and your family, not necessary. You know, bringing uh, all the girls you're going clubbing with, you know what I'm saying? When the majority of the time it's going to be you, your baby daddy, and your child. You know, it just don't make sense. Again, bring the decision makers. Bring the people that's going to be there and the ones that's going to be committed to assisting you with the vehicle. Repairs, payments, insurance. You know, again, if they're just looking, hey, get the car. We going out of town this weekend. Those ain't the people that you really want to fuck with. You know, to want to have around while you're conducting business. So... You know, I try to, again, advise my customers, when you show up, bring all your steps, your paperwork, bring it all in together, be upfront and honest, because I'll let you know what kind of money you need before you show up. We can schedule the appointment when you know you have it, or bring in what you have, see what I like, put the vehicle on layaway, and then we'll figure out according to how you get paid and how much time you need to bring me back the rest of the money to take the vehicle out. Gonna take a small mission right here. Be back with you shortly. Welcome back from that small intermission. Uh, let me dive in to this repossession conversation and kind of let you know where it all, uh, where you stand at. At most places, um, you know, good things happen to good people sometimes when they walk into places. So, you got your your repossessed vehicle and now you're back shopping for cars. Um, Of course, you're a higher risk. Especially if the repossession is in a recent time frame. Let's say you just got repossessed last week. Of course, you need a car to move back around. So, you're shopping for a vehicle. A lot of times, that repossession hasn't gone through the full process that it needs to. So when you get to your new place and they pull your credit, it's going to show as an open loan. Uh, Most places, I would say 85% of the places, you have an open car loan. Pretty much conversation is dead to there unless you're able to bring a co-signer that's not attached to another open loan. Or you have, again, large enough down payment where they can kind of overlook some of the risk because you're, you're paying enough money up front um, to, secure, to make them feel a little bit more secure about you actually doing better on this loan. You can jump into a rental car for what? A month? For about around $1,000? So that ain't no money. You can, you can get you another car with $1,000. You put it down twenty five, three, thirty five, four, five thousand. Odds are you're gonna make sure that you're making payments on this vehicle. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of dealerships just go for the gusto when they see that you have bad credit, especially multiple repos, um, because you've shown that you have no problem returning the vehicle. The contract to you means absolutely nothing. So now that's how places are going to start treating you. Your word means nothing, you know. I always try to tell people, you know, if you put yourself in the owner's situation or something of that nature, 
Or if you're a parent, you know, a lot of these people do these arranged marriages in these other countries, but they're not marrying off their daughter to somebody who doesn't have a job, doesn't come from good family, they don't believe could take care of, you know. So again, why would I finance you a vehicle when every time, you know, when I pull your credit or you got multiple repos, short job time, you're not really making that much money, and then you're telling me what car you have to be in. I gotta have that chart. No, really, you don't. You know, you didn't pay for the accent. Charges are gonna be more. Insurance is gonna be more. How do you plan on doing it? I'm seeing that you're only bringing in fifteen hundred dollars a month. According to you, you're paying seven hundred dollars in rent. You came in here with two kids, and you told me you by yourself. You're single. Niggas ain't shit So how am I supposed to be comfortable Selling you this vehicle When I know You know push comes to shove I expect you to take care of the kids My car is Falling further down on the totem pole I expect for you to make sure that Your house is taken care of Your kids are fed Your kids are clothed Your kids got lights, gas, water You know how have you been getting around the last couple weeks without a ride since you've been repossessed? Uber, Lyft, friends, family. So you you know how to scramble and survive. All right? What's going to be the difference that's going to make you keep my vehicle? Because are you going to, well, you know, don't sell me no lemon. All right, well, it's a used vehicle. The person who had it before you didn't have no issues outside of not being able to pay it off. Or maybe they did pay it off and, and sold it to an auction and sold it to a dealership and that's how we got our hands on it. But what are you going to do different than these two other loans that's on your credit? You know, things go bad now. What are you going to do? And, you know, people will talk themselves into a deal or people will talk themselves out of a deal. You know, again, your story has to make sense, man. I'll drop a little hint for you. Even if it's a lie, make the lie make sense. This is what happened. Boom, 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 boom. I'm in a much better position now. This job's a little bit more secure, though it's through a temp. They hire permanent. The pay goes up. I mean, you got to have all your ducks in a row. When you have repossessions and you go into these places, because you're going to get interviewed, they're going to want to know what happened. And just blaming it on the car or the last dealership doesn't work because us as owners, uh, us as dealerships, we understand people don't take care of the cars. We understand. I mean, I had a lady call one time. Car didn't start. I just bought the car from you three hours ago. Car didn't start. Where you at? I'm at the house. Okay. Uh, did you try jumping it? Yup. We tried all that. Okay. Well, the only thing I could think about from sending my office is, you sure the car's got gas in it? Run back out there. I get a text message. You right. I needed some gas. But now you quick to tell me I sold you a lemon. 
car ain't starting, you want your money back, this, that, and the third. But simple, simple, simple. Keeping gas in the car. Getting your oil changed. Getting you a tune-up, you know. Regularly uh, just checking out the vehicle. Having somebody take a look at it before you hop on the road. You know, all these things add life years to your vehicle. Just like with any problem, if you catch it earlier, then it'll keep you, you know, it'll keep, uh, if you're sick, it'll keep your symptoms from getting any worse. You know, keep it from escalating. If we can nip it in the bud while it's just a cough or a sniff or a sneeze. So, if you see yourself falling down the hill, again, communication is the key to any relationship. You know, you know you missed three days out of work last week. You know your check's going to be a little funny. The quicker you get in contact with your dealership, finance company, sales rep, hey, who do I need to speak with? I missed a couple of days last week. I know my check ain't going to be $300. It's only going to be two. Is there any way I can give you $75 to $100 and make up the balance on the next time I get paid? You know, because for us in the industry, um, depending on how they have their business set up, it doesn't help me really to repossess the car from you. Uh, let me know. Let me just kind of break down to you why. One, I had to buy the vehicle. And let's assume I bought a vehicle with no issues, so I didn't have to put any extra money into it. But I got to get it registered. I got to get it detailed. I got to get it clean for you. I got to get it ready to be brought out to the dealership. You know, let's say the car cost me, you know, a couple thousand dollars. You're putting down a down payment. You now take the vehicle off the lot. Out of your money, I'm paying the taxes on it. So let's say you gave me 15 down, tax on the cars, let's just say 700. Now I got to pay commission to my sales rep. Uh, let's just say 200 just to keep the numbers easy. You, know, you pay 200. So now you're down to $600 out of that down payment that's left over. Let's say somebody referred that customer to you, somebody like myself. So now you got to pay me $200. You know, not only you made $400 up front. He ain't in business for that. That ain't no money. So it, it doesn't make sense for me to repossess it from you. I want you to keep the car. Make payments. That's how the owner gets paid. That's how, you know, the dealership really sees money. From people actually keeping payments coming in. Because when I repossess it, odds are, and again, just looking at how the vehicles come in, odds are you're not taking care of the car. A lot of times it looks like people are living out of their vehicles. Uh, you know, all kind of personal stuff in there. Uh, food, especially if you got kids, um, especially smaller kids, you know, car is just a, a dump. So now I got to repossess it, which means I got to pay somebody to chase your ass down to go pick up my car because now you're avoiding my phone calls and want to do everything in your power not to give me back the vehicle that you don't want to pay for. 
So now I got to pay a company to track you down. Well, there's a couple of hundred dollars. Let's just say 400 Well, that 400 I made from the down payment is gone. Right? So now I got a repossession fee of $400. So now I got to get the car back here. Got to contact you to see whether or not you want to try to come pick up your vehicle. Because by law, you have about 10 days from the repossession to come pick it up before I can put it back out there for sale. Now, you've been avoiding my phone calls, and that's how we got to the point where we had to repossess you anyway. So let's assume you're doing the same thing for the first couple of days out of these 10 business days that I have once I pick up your vehicle. So let's say on day four you finally pick up. Now I got about a week left, and you're not sure whether or not, because now you owe me what was past due. You owe me the repossession fee that I had to pay the company to come repossess the vehicle from you. And me, uh, if we're doing bi-weekly payments, I'm at least going to want you to do your next payment, so I ain't got to worry about that in a week or so. And you decide to say, hey, you know what? That's a lot of money. I can't come up with it. What's going to happen? Well, it's going to be a repossession. When can you come get your things out the vehicle? All right, give me a day or two. Okay, no problem. So now I know you're not coming back to purchase the vehicle. We're five days in. You tell me you need another day or two before you come up here and come get your stuff. So now we're six, seven days into the process. Technically, in about three business days, I can sell this car again. But I got to get you to wait for you to come get your stuff out. So instead of coming on day seven, you come on day eight. Because, hey, you don't have a car now. So you're, you're, you're relying on somebody else. And unfortunately, people tend to hang around people that's like them. So timing and you're a little bit irresponsible and time doesn't mean anything or, you know, why would I expect the person that you're dealing with, you know, to be A1? So we finally get all your possessions out the car. Now I got to clean the car. I got to detail it. I got to check it out. Guess what? I got to refix issues that can happen to the car, recondition the car since I've had it. Now, the first time on this particular example, we lucked up. I didn't have to do anything to it. Um, but now let's say I need brakes and rotors because the way you've been driving the vehicle, you know, or, you know, the uh, passenger or the driver's side window doesn't go up and down. Anymore. You know, I mean, we're giving it small, minor detail stuff that may just run a couple of hundred dollars to actually get the vehicle fixed. So now I'm actually putting more money into the vehicle than I originally did from a repossession from somebody that's had it for a few months. Now the car has more miles. Technically, is it worth as much as it was when I sold it to you two, three months ago? And now I'm stuck with a car that's depreciated, that's got more miles, and has to have some repairs done. And I gotta try to recoup what I got in it out. So I go through the thing, I put more money into cleaning it and everything, and I get it right back out there. I'm going to be a little bit more selective on the customer that I put in that vehicle. Now, 
another customer buys a vehicle and keeps it two years, two and a half years. Tells me that they fall into a hardship. Doesn't really want to give the car back, but at this point can't really afford the car note. What do you do? Uh, Big business is going to say, hey, can't pay the note. No harm, no foul. Appreciate the honesty. Are you going to drop the car off or are we going to have to come pick it up? Mom and pop spot, if they're smart, and the goal is to retain customers. Hey, how much do you think you can afford on a bi-weekly or a monthly basis to keep that vehicle and keep it insured? Because I know that you need the car to get around to handle your business, so the last thing I want to do is just take the vehicle from you. But I can't allow you to drive it for free. See, now we have some dialogue there. Now we don't have to have a repossession. Hey, you know what? I mean, they knocked off a couple of hours. I got to adjust some other things to, to make sure that my checks fall in line. But instead of paying $450 a month, I know I could do $400. So instead of giving you $225 every two weeks, if you allow me to give you about 200 I know it's only $50 difference, but trust me, that's going to make a, a world of difference. Or if he says, you know what, 400 is still not quite enough for me, I need to drop it down to 350 I know I could do 350 a month. Well, let's make it a, a big jump. I could do 300 a month. I'd much rather work with the guy with the 300 a month being upfront and honest with me taking that in and you know I will do that for hardship for about six months to see if anything changes Uh, you know that way there's not a repossession being hit on his credit or you know just messing up somebody's comfortability in life being able to move around and do what they gotta do because you understand especially in Georgia you don't have a car out here in Atlanta you stuck. I mean, the martyr will help you, but there's times and places they only want to go certain areas and certain parts of the city. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing like the freedom of being able to walk outside your crib, grab your keys, unlock your car door, and, and figure out what you want to do. So I'm hoping, you know, this episode, you know, will kind of let you know there's no big difference between involuntary and voluntary repos when dealing with your sales rep, finance companies, owners, um, the people that make decisions. You just want to be as upfront and honest. You also want to come with them with a plan. And a lot of times we just fall down at the mercy of people uh, because we haven't thought about what we can possibly do. Or we assume that what we can do won't be accepted. You know, like I said, man, it doesn't matter what you own, your house, whatever. Nobody wants what they sold you back. They want the money that you agreed to pay them for it. So as long as you have a plan and you can show them, hey, it's maybe not the 500 a month that you thought, but I'm going to give you 350 a month for the next six months. And then, you know, instead of paying 450 a month like I was before, 
maybe I can bump that up to 500 as my situation has changed, jobs got better, income is a little bit better, or I've knocked out student loans, so some extra $200 I was spending on that, I could now put towards this, again, with a simple interest loan like I spoke about in the last episode, and we could pay this loan off a whole lot quicker to avoid this repossession game. You know, there's lots that you can do, regardless of your situation, especially if you're in the Atlanta area, you want one-on-one or you need some assistance trying to purchase a vehicle, contact me, D the car plug directly, 404-578-3800. It's been another episode of Special Financing. Again, if you have any questions, topics you want me to touch on, shoot me a text, 404-578-3800. Email me at thecarplug at gmail.com. That's D-A-C-A-R. P-L-U-G at gmail.com DM me on Facebook Uh, My name is Denaro Tomlinson Contact me on Instagram The car plug underscore That's D-A-C-A-R-P-L-U-G underscore And we look forward to seeing y'all on the next episode of Special Financing